What is up, people? It's Profitable Conversations here on The Quality Life. We're starting something new today. How's everybody out there doing in the chat? Man, we're going to have so much fun today. Who is your king? Who is your king? That is the title of today's podcast. Make sure you like for the algorithm because we are on a mission to spread practical religion. All right, let's see if there's anybody engaged in the chat. It doesn't look like it. We're going to get straight down to the get down. This is Profitable Conversations. As you see, we are going to go through um, this spectrum of like answering who is your king. And it's a, it's a real problem that I see in the Christian community where on one side of the coin, you have people who are too religious. So we're going to go through that. Then you have the other side of the coin where people are super spiritual. And we're going to go over that. Then you have Christ. What did Christ actually stand for? Who is Christ and why should we follow him? How should our identity be grounded in Christ? And so that is a little bit of what we're going to do today. Um, We are going to start, of course, though, with the religious. So let's get into this. So the religious. This is kind of how I see the religious today. The religious today are basically they're just super stiff and they, they claim to know everything about God. And so that kind of gets me into my first point is the religious are machine made and not God made. And so instead of letting the Holy Spirit come into their lives and do a work in them, they're just following, you know, a systematic theology in a sense to where everything is laid out for them and they become basically just these machine-made things. So, so like nowadays, there's all we, we machines make everything, right? It, you, they go through, they line up on a conveyor belt and this piece does this and this piece puts this together. And then at the end, you have all these identical pieces rather than um, in the Bible, it says that God is, you know, the potter and we are the clay and he should be molding you and transforming you in that way. We shouldn't be machines of man-made ideas, but rather we should take what God has blessed us with, right? The identity that God has given us and maximize it according to his will, according to the values that Jesus laid before us. And so um, the second thing that I wanted to touch on regarding the religious is the religious bow to their idols' propositions. And so this is something that I see a lot um, in our society where people get so obsessed with their favorite Bible teachers. It's like, oh no, like you can't go wrong with this person or I only study this person or I follow this person because of what they can do in my life. And that's sometimes dangerous because then you get into a habit of just accepting what that person is giving you or what that Bible teacher is giving you rather than actually going through the process of critically thinking about texts for yourselves and analyzing what exactly it means and how it can apply best in your life because we we are all, you know, walking um, a different journey in a sense because we're all different people. That doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want, right? We still live according to the values that were set before us, but that does mean that we we do strive for God in everything that we do and 
yeah, we just we just look to God. And so I'm trying to get my screencast up here. Uh, it's been uh, giving me some troubles. Let me see if it'll work because I want to go over Mark 7. It's a verse in Mark 7 that was really cool. Uh, come on, work for me, work for me. Hey guys, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you're out Fight there, make the sure algorithm. you because we're trying to spread practical religion. This is the first episode of this podcast series. Of course, we have a quality pod that we're going to do Tuesday through Thursday. Um, also, in the show, we're going to be exploring you know more ideas with other people. And so if you're into that, please, please um, subscribe to tune in for more of that. All right. I think I got, think I got it up. So let's see. All right. Cool, cool. Come on, let's go. All right, cool. So in Mark 7, right, uh, Jesus is confronted by the Pharisees because his apostles uh, essentially don't go through the hand-washing rituals before they eat. And so the Pharisees and the experts in the law asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the traditions of their elders, but eat with unwashed hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but in their, but their hearts but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men, having no regard for the commands of God. You hold fast to human tradition. He also said to them, you neatly reject the commandment of God in order to set up your tradition. And that's what I see a lot of within the, the super religious is like they are actually rejecting the command to follow Jesus as the way, the truth, and the light and go through the process of what it means to have faith in God so that they can bow to their own traditions because to them, they want everything figured out and they want to you know systematically have everything laid out for them so that they can you know, say that they have the truth instead of just following the truth, being a light into the world, showing love. And they're also generally the people who are more likely to call out people um, and, you know, condemn people, even though they say, well, using God's wrath as justification for their condemnation of those people. And so the next topic that I want to get into is the spiritual. So, the spiritual is the other side of the same coin, essentially. Um, the spiritual are these people um, that, you know, like the magic show. Um, and so they tend to pimp God Jeff, for their own, you know, selfish gains, right? They want to use God. It's like they conditionally love God because, well, for what God can do to them. And once they stop seeing things or seeing things work out in their lives, they blame God or they blame whatever they're using. It could be crystals. It could be whatever spiritual aid, whatever they're relying on. Um, and they almost use it in a superstitious way saying like, I do this to get this result. But it's not, but again, it's like an X, Y effect, like a cause and effect. And they're not actually being transformed following the process of faith and what it means to have faith in Jesus. And so here is... My next thing is the spiritual tend to pimp God's wonders for their conditional belief. That's basically what I just said there. And the second part is these people want the benefit of God without submitting to the process of faith in 
God. And so I have another verse. It is John 20. Let me get that pulled up for you really quick. And it says, then he said to Thomas, so let's set the stage. Jesus has resurrected from the dead, essentially. And Thomas is like, are you real? Like, how do I know it's you? And so uh, Thomas said, uh, then he said to Thomas, so Jesus is saying to Thomas, put your finger here, examine my hands, extend your hand and put it into my side. Put or do not continue in your unbelief, but believe, Thomas replied to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are the people who have not seen and yet believe. And uh, now Jesus performed many miracles, signs, or many miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so um, one thing that I want to touch on is the in his name part at the end. And when you do things in somebody's name, in somebody's honor, you do it like as basically how we do communion in remembrance of me or in remembrance of him for the sacrifice, for the way that he has shown us. We always talk about um, Jesus and God being a way maker. He should be the light unto the path and the lamp unto our feet. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I'll let him be a light unto my path so long as, which is where the condition comes in, he is showing me signs so long as he does a wonderful work in me, so long as I can see, you know, all these different signs and wonders. And it's like, that's not the process of faith that you can have. It's like, yes, God can perform a miracle. Um, yes, God does have an ethical framework going back to the religious, but we aren't, God isn't confined to just those things, right? There's much more to explore within the boundaries of the ethical framework that he has or beyond just always wanting a miracle, always having him to make your life, you know, more convenient and easier uh, as you see fit rather than as God sees fit. Um, and the other part of this that I wanted to touch on is um, he says, "Have are blessed are the people who have not seen and yet believe. And so, Faith is a process, right, that, uh, that Jesus, that God does in you. Um, the process of sanctification, justification, as some people will put it. I don't necessarily like using those terms. I just like saying you are becoming more Christ-like. And when that happens, right, it is, it's, it's an actual process. So, like, say I want to do anything in my life, like, um, oh, like this is a perfect example. So when I was a kid, I was about 13 and I went from playing from a local travel ball team to playing in a really competitive, um, on a really competitive travel ball team in the Atlanta area. And they had like big names up there. They had, it was, it was East Cobb. So they, it was a big name and I was on one of the better teams. And I remember I was kind of worried cause I was like, I'm not sure if I'll be able to play up to the standard and be good enough. And I was kind of moping around because I hadn't played well or something like that. And my mom came upstairs and what she said to me was, hey, like, if you want to be great, if you really want to do this, then you have to, you know, put in the work. You have to go through this process of getting yourself better. And that looks like basically having faith in a process to get you better. And so, yeah, you put in work, 
but you have actual faith in the process of putting in that work. So I want to get better at hitting, right? So every morning I would get up and I would go hit in our backyard religiously, going back to the religious part. But I wasn't just going into the backyard because that's what I had to do. And I wasn't going into the backyard to, for God to work a miracle. I was actually actively participating in the process so that I could become better over time. And so that's what we have to voluntarily do with the gospel. It's like the gospel is preached to us and we voluntarily you know, submit ourselves to God so that he can do a work in us. Turns out that year, I had a great year. I had the highest batting average on my team and one of the highest batting averages in the actual, for like the whole organization for any age group. And so it shows you that when you submit yourself to a process that is beyond you, um, there's a wonderful work that can happen within you. And so that's how a real world, that's a real world world application or a real world example that can apply to, you know, our faith walk there. So let's get back to our points here. Um, so these people want to benefits of God without putting in the work. So let's get, let's get to uh, Christ now. So Christ Amen. is the Word, and it says the Word becomes flesh, right? Now, when that is said, um, a lot of people, you know, think that, oh, that means the Bible, like Jesus was the Bible and the scriptures. And I would say yes and no, right? So yes, Jesus is the Bible, or I, he is what the words and the meaning of the words point to. He fulfills the meaning in the Bible. But what the what John one one actually says, which is that Bible verse, I'll read it for you. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was fully God. And that is the New English translation. They have a really cool, um, basically like commentary on why it was translated in this manner. So I want to go down a little bit and read to you. It says, duh, 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 this is the wrong excerpt, I think. I think I clicked the wrong one. Yeah, this one. So it says the word was fully God. So it's essentially saying that Jesus is made up of the same essence of God, um, of the Father. So we have the, the Jewish leaders who are, you know, looking for the Messiah. They, they bow to, you know, God the Father, essentially. And then Jesus comes along, and now John is saying, Oh no, he is he is one with the Father, which is Jesus echoes that a lot, where he's saying like I and the Father are one. Um, he also says the way to the Father is through me, um, and so that kind of expresses his divinity. And so it says the Word was God. From a technical standpoint, though, it is preferably preferable to see the qualitative aspects of. Da, 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 da. Where did I want to start? I think I lost my place, guys. All right, so I will go from there. Let me go to this article that I want to show you. So basically, this is just hinting at exactly what word became flesh meant. This is from God Answers or GotQuestions.com, which is a good resources for uh, Christians. They break down stuff pretty well. 
I would say. Um, but it says the term word is used in different ways in the Bible. In the New Testament, there are two Greek words translated word, rima, and logos. They have slightly different meanings. Rima usually means a spoken word. Um, for example, in Luke 1.38, when the angel told Mary that she would be the mother of God's son, Mary replied, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to or let it be to me according to your word. So like a spoken word. Logos, however, which is what is used in John 1. Um, it says it usually implies a total message and is used mostly to refer to God's message to mankind. For example, Luke 4.32 says that when Jesus taught the people, they were amazed at his teachings because his word logos had authority. The people were amazed not merely by the particular words Jesus chose, but by his total message. So the word logos is referring to Jesus, saying that Jesus is... You know, Logos is referring to meaning, is referring to, um, like, the meaning and um, the speech, uh, or not speech, but the uh, Logos is like the meaning uh, that we are following through life. And it's like, that was at the beginning of all. And so this is etymology.com, which is basically breaks down the root of words, how we get the words. Um, and where they came from. And so it says Logos, uh, 1580s, is the divine word. So it's like the divine word, not like the spoken word. Second person of the Christian trinity from Greek Logos word, speech, statement, discourse, also a computation, account, also reason, judgment, and understanding, which is big. So it's like... Um, how we can reason beyond where we are, right? How we can understand beyond where we are. That is the way, the truth, and the life. That is Jesus. So that is how, that is what we should seek when we seek Christ is reason, is, you know, understanding, and how to better discern the world that is beyond us. So like kids, of course, they don't necessarily know anything. And then you know, they grow up, they start going to um, elementary school, they learn math. And when they start to learn math, then they start to see the world differently. Things start to, you know, add up <laughs> in a sense. They start to understand who they are and how the world works. They gain greater understanding with each um, grade level, or at least that's the idea that they progress. And so, as Christians, if you are super religious, then it's like, oh no, this is this is what you this is how it is, this is what you know, right? And then the spiritual is kind of like you're just floating out in the ether, just waiting for God to do something for you. But Christ, He's saying, No, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Um, reason, right, in your faith, use your gifts, use your talents in whatever area that you are doing to expand who you are as a person. Follow the pattern of my life, and that will make you in turn a, you know, a holier person, right? Um, so Christ, you see him, you know, treat people with love, right? He takes on the responsibility um, that isn't necessarily his problem, right? It's not his problem that the world is full of sin, but he takes it upon himself to take on sin you know, defeat sin, right? And then he defeats it because these sinful people put him to death. But when you are the life, he shatters that death. 
And so that is exactly the point. Um, these people, do, 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 do. let's see. All right, so we just talked about Christ. Christ is the word, and the word is logos, of course. Um, the second part is Jesus didn't show us what we aren't, but what we could be. No, this is, a, this is something I believe to my core, like to my core, is that Jesus didn't come to show us that we are just filthy sinners, right? It's like, yes, we should recognize that we are filthy sinners, but we also should recognize what we could be and follow his example. We can pick up our cross and follow him and die to our flesh every day to become better um, people, to elevate ourselves beyond that being, um, to expand our minds, to have a better conceptualization of who God is rather than just accepting the propositions of what people give us or just you know, waiting for God to show up in the rainforest or something um, like the religious and the spiritual wait for. And so let's get to our last segment, Amen. which is identity. So how can we find our identity in Christ? And our first thing is going to be, the question is what process do you have faith in? And so I asked the question at the beginning of the podcast, who is your king? Who is your king? And this is an important question because if you aren't following, you know, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, right? Expanding in your reasoning with the scripture, expanding in your discernment based on what you have learned from the scripture for yourself rather than, you know, and you're just accepting you know what men have teach or what men have taught you. Basically, they've done the homework, so I just take what they give me and I just regurgitate that and I live it out. It's like, yeah, that's good to get the perspective of everybody else, but our faith is on an individual level, right? Our walk is on an individual level with Christ and what He can do with us, and so our identity has to come from Him. Being at the top of the throne, not all these different preachers, not these or people outside of Christianity, entertainers, uh, philosophers. It's us. It's like, yeah, we can take in what they are saying, but at the end of the day, on your walk through life, you have to, you know, examine the scriptures for yourself. Think critically. Yes, you can take in, um, you know, guidance from others. You can take in, you know, preaching from other people, but at the end of the day, you need to explore the text for yourself so that you can live and maximize your life. So this is the last thing I want to leave you with. It says, don't just go to church, live church and have faith in the work that King Jesus will do in you. And Amen. that's what I kind of wanted to leave you with is go out and live church. Who is your King? Is are you following the logos, right? The way, the truth, and the light, Jesus, that leads to the Father? Or are you just being super religious or, on the other side, super spiritual? Now, that's not to put down, you know, people who are claimed to be in these systems. But the, what I'm trying to do is get you to live out the world, word, the scripture, in a practical sense. And so take the word 
and follow the word. So take the word scripture and follow the word logos um, and follow the process. Like people don't want to go through the process of what it means to have faith. Rather, they're just, you know, sitting back saying, I believe. And because I believe, then everything's just going to work out. That's not how it works, right? We need to, we need to go through the process of what, um, of what it means to have faith in Jesus so that we can actually, you know, expand our being so God can expand our territory. All right, I will be right back with the comments, but thank you for listening. Um, stay in the chat because I'll be right back to read your comments and answer your questions build a better community where does it start so i thought that would be a great question to open with and you want to go first okay um read it one more time for me so it says how can we build a better community so Mm -hmm. that's part one and then part b of the question is where does it start okay how can we build a better community um i think Oh, I think it starts with the value system. Okay, answering the second part of the question. I think it starts with the value system and morals. I think that's where community starts. But how we go about doing that. um, I think the biggest thing is like, if you don't see it there, then you create it. I think that's something Chelsea, she said one time on our interview, she was like, she didn't see any Christian communities around where she was with girls her age. So she just made it. So I think we have to take, sometimes we have to take the leadership role and do it. No, I I agree with that. And I think uh, for me, how I would answer the question is, I think we have to get back to the mindset of if we win, then you win. Or if we win, I win. Um, It's like this more of a team centric mindset, because that's essentially what a community is. It's a team of people you know, working together to build life rather than, you know, a team working to accomplish you know, winning a game or winning a championship. And so a lot of our culture is focused on I, what I can do and what's going to be most beneficial for me. But just like in a team sport, you have to sometimes sacrifice what's immediately you know, beneficial for you in the short term so that everybody can win in the long term. It's like, hey, if I put this butt down as a baseball player or a softball player and I advance my teammate, it's like, yeah, my average, my batting average doesn't go up, but I got my teammate in a position and that could be the run that we need to win the game and help us to advance in our season or potentially help us to win the championship. And so that's how the mindset that we have to Build. It starts with everybody individually recognizing that, hey, this thing is bigger than me so that we can build a strong community. That's how I would answer that question. Amen. Okay, what's up, people? We are back, and I'm going to answer your question. So, you saw some of the comments Amen. that I was popping up on the screen during you know, the little break that we just had. And uh, this was this was fun. My first uh, solo live, right? Um, I got through it, thank God. Um, not as, you know, crisp as I wanted to be, but I, I have a lot of new graphics and a lot of different things that were going on. So we will get better at this. Uh, Kenya McIntosh, my boo, said, got to enjoy the process. 
That is a 100% fact. You do have to enjoy the process. Um, and you have, to be, you have to be willing to submit to the process and not submit to the, just the, the idea, in a sense. Um, so you're not submitting to what somebody says you are to submit to. You are to submit to the actual process of going through the going through uh, the transformation that Christ can do in you. And as a result, right, um, you'll have to sacrifice things. You will have to endure. Uh, essentially like a crucifixion, like you'll have to, you, things will have to die in you. And as a result, you will be able to become a new creature in Christ. So yeah, got to definitely enjoy the process. So let's see, Luxurious Elements LLC is in the house. Say, hey y'all. Sorry, so late. I'm in Florida out eating. Love you all. Love you all. Well, shout out to uh, Mama Mac and Luxurious Elements LLC. Um, I hope y'all are eating a wonderful meal down there. Say hello to everyone for me. Uh, let's see. Sonia Prophet, a.k.a. my mother. Process can be painful, but we must persevere. Yes, like that's, that is exactly right. The processes or the process or go, going through any process can be is painful in a sense like you're going to have to you know face adversity um especially on your walk with Christ because you're you're battling against sin and the the sinful nature and desires but if you're able to conquer that like Christ then you have life in the end that is how you are able to you know have everlasting life um you're you shatter death because because you become whole in nature, like death cannot hold you. And so that is the practical way to, you know, see the gospel. All right, let's see, a couple more kids. Looks like Kenya had to go. She is off to teach the kids. So if you didn't know, Kenya teaches youth Bible study on Mondays, so that's why we don't stream pretty much ever on Mondays, and so that is why I am solo today. All right, Aunt Cindy says, very good Bible study, Minister Prophet. <laughs> uh, that's funny, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, taking, my, my goal with the show um, is to take what I am learning and experiencing and being able to articulate it um, so that I can better understand it myself. And so it's one thing to read the word and think about it, but then you also need to talk about it to other people or it's not necessarily teaching. I'm just kind of conveying what I'm learning in the scriptures and starting a conversation so that we can, you know, we're all able to traverse the mountain because I could say something that is wrong and somebody could go in the comments and say, hey, like, uh, maybe you meant this or this might be a better way of looking at it. And then you're able to sharpen, right, your mind. It's like as iron sharpens iron, so does another man sharpen another. And so that is the purpose of doing these lives and why I started Profitable Conversations is to have the profitable conversations so that uh, we can all be better as a result. We can all leave with better perspectives so that when we go out and we 
teach people or we disciple that we're discipling the real meaning of what it means to follow Christ and not just saying, you know, regurgitating, okay, this is what it means to follow Christ. Like you just got to accept in your heart, believe in your mind. That's it. I did my job. I'm a good Christian. It's like, no, it's like Jesus says that they will know you by how you love them. And so even when your words break down, he gives us a model of what to do um, over, you know, preaching and just ministering the word. It's like treat people with love, with the love that I have displayed, with the love and the example that I have set before you. It's like, do that. That's how they will know that you are my disciples. And so that is what I hope to convey to you all. This has been a lot of fun, guys. So get back to the prof tips. Let's go back to, let's go to one. Split. There we go. There we go. All right. So yeah, this has been a lot of fun, guys. I'm going to try to do this maybe a couple more times this week. We're definitely going live Friday because we don't have a quality pod, but I might go live earlier during the week. But, oh, this is what I will show you really quickly. Let me pull this up. So I will show you our live stream stream (laughs) schedule before we get out of here. I just posted it on our community tab. And so... Community posts aren't available on this device. Of course, they're not. Uh, that is great. Okay, so yeah, on my iPad, you can't even see you can't even see the post. So, all right. Anyway, so we were live today at seven. We'll be live with a quality pod at nine thirty tomorrow, nine thirty on Wednesday, nine thirty on Thursday p.m. Eastern time, and then on Friday we will have another one of these. Profitable Conversations at 2 p.m. Yeah, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Now, I might throw in a surprise live stream depending on, you know, what I'm doing um, during the day between now and 2 p.m. on Friday. So just look out for that. I'll make sure I send it out to everybody. Also, join our Facebook group if you have not. Um, it is the first link in the description. You're going to want to join. Um, we're, we're starting it back up. I think we got over, I'm not sure how many people we got in there, but we have a good amount of people in there and we want to start to have dialogue in there outside of, you know, just the YouTube chat um, so that we can all be sharpened and we can all be quality. So that is it for us today. Had a lot of fun. I'm going to get on out of here and enjoy my Monday. Hope you all have a great week. We will see you tomorrow night.